exploring the depths of worship. Um, so we're going to kind of go through a couple things here. Um, and I, I really kind of wrestled with how I wanted to tackle this because obviously you can go in a million different directions. Um, and I really kind of felt like just first and foremost, setting a foundation of what is it and why do we do it? What's, what's the purpose of it? Where does it apply? When does it apply? Um, and then we're going to talk a little bit about some of the practicals, you know, how we implement it here in a musical sense, right? So worship is more than music, which we'll talk about. Um, but we will go through some practicals at the end. I got some stuff for you guys to look at, some handouts. Um, so let me just pray for us first. Lord, thank you for being here today. Thank you for the way worship did go today. Thank you for your presence being in this church all the time. Um, we're so grateful for it. Thank you for a church that is hungry for you, that is always wanting as much of you as possible. Lord, help me to um, just communicate well. And I ask that this would touch people, that there would be some new insights for people that maybe they, they weren't aware of. Um, and that we would enjoy ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. So why we worship and what is it? Um, Romans 12.1. I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Okay, so... That has nothing to do with music, right? So we want to talk about, obviously, worship is more than just music to start this. Um, it's something that is for God. It's an action. It's a service. It's, a, it's an expression on our part directed to and for God. Um, it's also a command, and yet it's a privilege, right? So we, God wants us to worship. Um, he, he, he tells us to worship, but it, it blesses him and it blesses us. So it's kind of a two-way street. We're lucky in that regard. Um, so true worship is something. I'm going to read a little bit of things and then I'll talk about them. But true worship is something that is God-centered. The actual meaning is to adore, admire, esteem, exalt, love, magnify, regard, respect, or revere. To worship is to prize above everything else, to honor as the thing of highest importance, and to act accordingly. Worship is what we were created for. We get to know God intimately, and we get to know him experientially. We get to have a relationship with him. Um, and we get to show reverence and honor, right? couple things it isn't, which is probably obvious. Worship is not praise to man or any other created thing. It can be, right? We could do that, and we all probably have been guilty of that, where we make something else essentially a God, and we give it our full time, attention, adoration. Um, so we, we want to make sure that as we're viewing worship today, we're thinking of how we want to direct this, how we're created, how God intended it to him and for him through us, which is crazy, right? So we get to, we get to bless God and he blesses us in return. How do we worship? So <clears throat> I'm going to go through some practicals here, but Psalms 150, and I kind of liked this version. Just go with me here. Hallelujah. 
Praise God in his holy house of worship. Praise him under the open skies. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his magnificent greatness. Praise him with a blast on the trumpet. Praise him with strumming soft strings. Praise him with cassinets and dance. Praise him with banjo. I don't know about the banjo one, but... Uh, and flute. Praise him with cymbals and big bass drum. Praise him with fiddles and mandolin. Let every living creature praise God. Hallelujah. So everything, every person is created to worship. Ultimately, worship is an expression of ourselves to the Lord. It's, it's how we communicate our love for him. It's communication between ourselves and God. It comes in a lot of forms, right, guys? So, you know, we see different we see different versions of this happening. There's bowing, there's kneeling, there's lifting our hands, there's verbal speaking, singing, dancing, giving of substance, uh, and music. And then worship is homage, it's an homage of grateful submission to God. I liked that. I read that somewhere. I don't know who said it, so sorry, but I liked the way they worded that. All right, so we've kind of covered what it is for the, for the sake of this. Now, for today, what I kind of really want to talk about is, is what does it look like in the musical sense, the way that we're used to doing it, right? We come into church, we expect that we're going to sing some songs, um, and then we see other, you know, people in the service or on stage doing different things. There's singing, there's dancing that happens. Not everybody sees that, but a lot of times there is dancing happening in the back. Um, and there, there's really kind of not a, a wrong way to do it necessarily as long as your heart is centered to God and, and for him, that your acts are for him. Um, and so one thing I love about the way I've grown up with worship <clears throat> and the way that uh, our church implements this is that we, um, we don't want to ever kind of stifle what that looks like for somebody, right? We want to allow people to worship in the way that they connect with the Lord, the way that they, they can feel like they are in their best way showing reverence to God. We should worship God every day, everywhere, in every way. I feel, I'm just thinking here because I feel like maybe you guys wanted me to go in a little different direction. Give me a second. Sorry for the people online too. Colossians 3, 16 and 17 tells us prayer and praise and submission to God's will were central to congregational gatherings. So Colossians 3, 16. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly and teach you and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. All right. I think we're on the same page there as far as that goes. 
All right, so <clears throat> I'm going to kind of come at this, and, and I actually was uh, fortunate that I grew up, Janie's here today, I grew up doing worship, being involved in worship since I was actually around kindergarten and first grade. I started doing worship type of roles in churches, um, and that was in a church where Janie and Bruce were pastoring, and so she's been a mentor of mine for a long time, and so I, when I knew I was going to do this, I... I immediately thought, I'm going to go connect with Janie because she's taught some things before that I really liked the way that she's put them. And I really like the analogies and, and the way that she kind of walks through it. I think it makes it easy to understand. Um, and it's, it's a little more fun. <clears throat> so she has an analogy that I'm going to steal from her of what a worship leader's role, at least in the church sense, um, kind of looks like. And this this does apply, though, if, you, if you're leading worship somewhere else, if you're involved in worship, but especially from a leader standpoint, if you're leading worship for yourself in a small group at church, wherever that is, this analogy, this kind of walking through this will, will really help to understand that. So um, it starts with the worship leader is the bus driver, right? And not a lot of us probably ride buses anymore or at all in San Diego, especially, but I think the analogy fits. So as a worship leader, you are the driver, right? You are the bus driver. Johan's laughing. I think he's probably heard this too. Um, your job is to pick up people from various destinations, right? You're going to go around town. You're going to bring people on the bus and you are going to a specific destination. You're there to serve and, and by helping people to get from where they are to where they want to go. As a bus driver, you know the destination and you move towards it. You're just bringing everybody else in. You're kind of bringing them along for the ride. And we, we all know we're, we're going, we want to go hopefully to the same place. You also might know a, a lot of different ways of getting there. Um, so, what that looks like is you're familiar with the city. You're familiar with the map. You have navigational tools. So how does that apply practically? Um, you're selecting songs. You're selecting styles. Um, you're thinking about biblical and spiritual reverence or relevance, I should say, to what the Lord is wanting to do or maybe what is going to be taught or how that is going to apply in overall like worship or um yeah, in the service in general, right? So sometimes I'll connect with Craig and Renee. Hey, what are we teaching on this week? And I get, and then I go and I pray and I think about it and I spend time worshiping myself. And um, I go through songs and I, I figure out how are these songs, are these the songs that the, that the Lord is wanting to bring to the church this week to help guide us to the destination that, that he's steering us towards? Is that making sense? Um. So back to that, spending time on your own is probably the most important thing. You, we need to be, as worship leaders, uh, we need to be in the Word. We need to be accountable. We need to be um, spending time worshiping on our own, spending time connecting with God, really understanding His voice and what that sounds like to you and what He's saying to you. Um, we, we always want to ultimately have that be our final destination. Next, we kind of want to look at the vehicle, right? That's what I was just talking about a little bit. But it doesn't. this does not mean that it needs to be glamorous or showy to do the job. 
Um, we want to make sure it runs decently. And that all comes back to spending that time alone with the Lord on your own and really understanding how he's speaking to you and what he's wanting to do. Um, and then I like this part, Janie. Only the bus driver knows kind of what's under the hood, right? Only you know how things are running. You know, people might get on and they might have a pretty good idea of something feels right, something feels wrong. Um, but you know, have you, you know, have you been keeping things tuned up? Have you been staying in a place that it makes sense for you to be driving everybody? And that kind of leads to ultimately the bus driver has to work within the context of the law, right? You can't, and we can look at it from the practical sense. You, you know, you can't speed, you can't drive out the wrong way on a one-way street. Um, but what, what I mean in this is we need to be understanding what it is the Bible tells us, what it is the Lord is telling us, and how do we follow that, right? And so we did go through a lot of that. I mean, worship can look so many different ways, and we talked about a few ways it can't look. Um, I think God makes this pretty easy for us because it, it can really be so many different things. It could, you know, whether it's dance or whether it's art or whether it can be so many things. But we want to make sure that we understand that those things are in line with what God's saying and that we're not doing what God's not saying. So worship can look and feel different for everyone. How do we try and best create an experience for a group? I kind of want to break this down in, in a series of phases, and this is the way that we usually go about building the set. I'm going to read to you for a second, but I, I thought this was important. Breaking this down in phases, this will allow everyone that's on the bus to be able to feel confident we are traveling to the destination they intended to go. It wouldn't make sense to start driving east when everyone was planning to go west. In practical terms, most of us come together congregationally expecting, or at least I hope expecting, to connect with the Lord. God has created us to have emotion and reasoning, though. So I want to utilize that. I find it best to utilize that emotion and reasoning when I put a set together. Um, you can think of this in movies and stories, right? We see this the same type of feeling of utilizing emotions that God has given us. There's always an arc to the plot, right? Um, and it resonates kind of naturally with us. We want to be drawn in, so that's usually an opening scene. It's, it's something that is going to allow people to feel engaged. Um, and once we're drawn in, then we, we usually feel like we're ready to, to take on a little more detail, to kind of, to let's let the story expand a little bit. Let's really kind of um, understand the finer details. You know, that we've, our excitement's been caught, but let's, let's get engaged now. First and foremost, like I said, we want to be connecting with the Lord and what he's wanting to do. All right, so let's look at this in a series of phases. Phase one would be like the call to worship, so that opening scene. This is uh, an invitation. This is, this is letting everybody know, hey, let's go. Let's get on the bus together. Let's go find this destination that we're after and, and maybe build some excitement, right? Uh, we want people to feel engaged. Um, and so these songs are usually, um, usually more upbeat, energetic. Um, and 
we want to really just focus on allowing people to, to kind of let everything else go that they might have walked in here with and know that, hey, we're, we're about to go on this destination or on this ride together. And that's where phase two comes in, the engagement. So we, we begin to express who God is. <clears throat> um, this can look like a savior, a healer, a provider, a protector, a king, and what he is like, almighty, loving, kind, generous, holy, pure. We're beginning to connect with him in adoration. And this is usually that second song or second part of the, of the worship. Um, I don't want, I also don't want to get into this. Um, there's no perfect amount of songs. There's no perfect song for each spot. You could totally kind of flip this script a little bit. But in general, but just u- utilizing our character as human beings and what, we, how, what kind of our brains do naturally, this is, this is kind of that formula that we follow. Um, phase three would be more like intimacy, right? So we have been invited, we're excited, we're, we're engaged, and now we want to take this a little bit deeper. Um, we want to start to allow people to connect individually with the Lord. Um, this is when, you know, everything's kind of stripped down a little bit, and the truth of his love and acceptance begins to stir in our hearts. This is a lot of times, and this kind of happened today too, a lot of time this is where healing begins in the service. We're intimately connecting with the Lord, and healing starts. Our hearts are open to doing and receiving from him. When we move from there, we're on phase four now, this healing has started, and we don't want to rush through that. We really want to wait on God and his response. He visits us at this point, right? And he's been there the whole time, but this is when we're really, really connecting. We've been, from the beginning, I talked about how worship is a two, two-way street. We've been kind of giving ours to him, and now we're allowing him to, to come back to us, right? Um, and again, none of this is hard rules. This could, sometimes it happens in the first beginning of worship. But this is a lot of times where that begins to happen. He visits us. He begins to relate back to us. This looks, this looks different, too. Um, you may feel lifted up. Or he may be prompting you to change something in your life at this point. Um, A lot of times this looks like anointing, healing, salvation, forgiveness, intercession. Um, or even a lot of times this is where I've noticed a lot of the time where a prophetic word kind of comes in. Somebody might have a word, whether it's the worship leader or it's a pastor or somebody in the church that is um, that moves in the prophetic. Let me kind of recap this, and then I'm going to hit on the last phase. We engage that call to worship. We move into a, a time of expressing what we feel and what we think of God. And then we allow him to kind of, um, we want to really tell him how much we love him in that third phase, the intimacy, phase four. Then we're, we're really just waiting on God's response. What is he telling us? How is he shining back on us, right? And then at the end, the last song usually, phase five, is an expression of gratitude or celebration. Um, and again, 
this song does not have to be necessarily energetic. I've actually noticed over the years that this used to look different ways because um, I have done this for a while. So it, it did used to look that way most of the time where you had this energetic celebration. Thank you for what you've been doing, God. Thank you for how you've been moving in us. Um, and let's get excited together. I, I love that. And I want to do, I, I like to aim for that. But um, I'll even use today's example. Um, we didn't get to that in a celebratory way. We got to that in a deeper way of connecting where God was really just touching. We saw healing happening today. We saw anointing that was moving. We saw um, different people being touched. And it felt a lot more natural to stay there and rest in it. And so we were still expressing that gratitude or celebrating what God was doing, but we did it in a softer, easier manner. And I think that that's important to, to be open to that, to be ready for that.